0: Good morning again. It's always special when we can celebrate communion. There's just something about recognizing what Jesus did for us that is it's sobering, but it's it's awe-inspiring at the same time. Just to realize that He did what He did for us and the opportunity that it gives us. Yeah, this is different. I'm not used to this. So good morning. Welcome to Life Center. If you're a guest, we're extremely glad you're here. If you're not a guest, we're extremely glad you're here. The, the underlying theme is we're glad you're here. <laughs> and it's 1047, so communion ate into what I can do today a little bit. But um, yeah, hopefully we plan for this. And um, what time is kickoff today? Is it one? Okay. Uh-huh. I was thinking today, because I listening to the weather all week, you know, when it, when it gets close to winter, we start looking at weather. Tawana's a teacher, so snow days are fabulous at our house unless they're on Sundays. Right? Right. And I was thinking, you know, it's, it's cold, it was like 36 degrees when I left my house today, I'm like, it's almost a temperature where it could freeze, and I'm thinking, I wonder if this will impact our Sunday service. And I'm driving down the road, I didn't verbalize any of this to Tawana or Taylor, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it's cold, it's dreary, it's drizzly, you know, the, the bed feels really good on these kind of mornings, right? And if you're watching Facebook today and, you, and your bed felt really good, you didn't come, well, we're here and, and we're doing this together, but you're doing it a different way than we are. So, and then I got to thinking, the stadium holds what, 71,000 people? 70,000 people? Is that accurate? Something like that. Do you think it's going to be empty today? Lamar and company are back in town. And man, that's an exciting brand of football. If you don't like football, you'll like this football. Because it's exciting and it's just crazy. But there will be 70,000 people in the stadium today screaming their heads off in the dreary cold drizzle. So I think it's the least that we can do to be in a nice, warm, cozy place, drinking coffee, having communion, celebrating what Jesus did for us. Is that all right? I'm glad. All right. We just spent an entire month learning how to have. Yeah. Right? We did. I told you, week one, we should, we should have titled this series How to Have because it's how to position yourself for the blessings of God and a blessed life. And, and when we finished last Sunday, uh, I, I understood that I can have it, but it's up to me if I receive it or not. If it's going to be, it's up to who? It's up to me. If it's going to be, it's up to me. So if you missed any of that series last month, please do yourself a favor, go back and listen to it on our website, get a podcast, watch it live on Facebook, it's all still there. Go get that stuff because we need it. And if you were here, you might want to visit it again anyway, it'll it'll change your life. So today we begin a Christmas series and it's titled, I Am. And I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this because this is all about who God is to us. And it's my prayer that at the end of this month, as we go into next year, which that blows my mind all over again, as we make that transition, that you'll have an expanded vision and expanded view of who God is and, and what he wants to do in your life. That's the whole purpose of what we're doing. So when I say I am, if I walk up to you and say, I am, you're gonna stand there for a minute and you're gonna wait for me to finish my sentence. Right? You're gonna you're gonna wait for me to say, I am hungry, I am tired. I am going to the store. I am going to bed. I'm going home. I'm going to work. I'm doing something. You're, you're not going to wait for me to stop my sentence at I am. And if I do, you're going to look at me like, an, like I'm an idiot. Because I'm not just going to, to walk up to you and say, hey there, I am. It doesn't work that way. That's, that's not who I am. You're going to wait on me to finish my sentence. But, li- but listen to this in Exodus chapter 3. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. He just simply called himself I am. Now, there, is, there are a lot of directions we can go right now with this. But we have a very specific direction that we want to go. The second of this passage, Israel had been oppressed and they were in slavery. They were slaves to the Egyptians. Debate over time frame. From oppression to slavery to, to freedom, 215, 400, 430 years. It was a long time. It wasn't one generation. It was many generations that they were slaves in Egypt. So God had called Moses out. He was standing at the burning bush. And if you don't know the story of the burning bush, Moses was in the desert and he came upon this bush and it was burning, no big deal. Two really weird things about this burning bush. The bush wasn't being burnt. So imagine a healthy bush burning but not being burnt. And then the voice of God comes from the fire. I'm like, I'm out. See, ya, gone right? Who'd be freaked out right about that time? You would be. It's human nature for us to be freaked out. But God is talking to Moses and saying, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go back and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And Moses growing up, see, he didn't grow up a slave. He should have, but he didn't. He grew up in Pharaoh's house as a child, as a relative, as a privileged one. And he knew, he had seen the the back scene, the backstory of what all went on there. And he didn't he knew he wasn't in a position to go back and say those things. And he was giving God excuses. Who am I? Nobody's going to listen to me. And finally he said, who am I, I going to tell them sent me? And God said, tell them that I am sent you. And when God told Moses that, he wasn't telling him what he was going to do. It's not like me telling you I am and you're waiting for the rest of my sentence for me to describe what I'm going to do. He just simply said I am because... because I am wasn't God's action. He was letting everybody know who he is. He had a plan, and he was about to show up, and he was about to show out and free Israel from slavery. See, I am isn't what God does. It's who God is. When I say I am, it's, it's what am I going to do? But when God is referred to as I am, it's his identity. I am is the ultimate statement of self-sufficiency, of self-existence, of an, an immediate presence, God's existence isn't contingent upon anything else. It's not contingent upon anything else. His plans aren't contingent upon any circumstances. I'm going to be at church today, but was, I would have been there if it was kind of cold. I was going to go shopping on Black Friday, but I don't like crowds. Yeah, that's me. I didn't go. Mm-mm. We went out later when the crowds were all home in bed. See, our plans are contingent upon a circumstance. God's plans are not contingent upon anything. He promises that he's going to be what he's going to be, and that's it. He's eternally constant God. He stands ever-present, unchangeable, completely sufficient in himself. Nobody else. When Pharaoh said no, he was trying to exalt himself to a position of I am. But see, he wasn't. I am. He's. I was. And he learned real quick that he wasn't. I am. He wasn't the ultimate authority. He was. He's just a man. He wouldn't yield. And 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 humanity. This this is really one of our underlying problems because we want to be our own. I am. Let's get in our business a little bit. We like to make our own plans and make them happen no matter what. We like to be the authority on ourselves and our life. We're self sufficient. We're self-planned. We're self-made. We make plans and determine that we will complete them no matter what because we want to be the boss. So as we begin this series today, I want to ask you a question and I'll ask you again later. Who is God to you? Who is God to you? Who is he to you? Right now, what is your perception of God and what role... Does he play in your life? This is going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. We're going to discover roles that God wants to fill in our lives, and hopefully we're going to allow him to do that. In Psalm 119, scripture says, your word is a lamp for my feet. It's a light for my path. A lamp for my feet and a light for my path. You're guiding me. Your word illuminates where my steps should go. You lead me in the paths of righteousness for my benefit, for your namesake. That's what he does. That's what his word, and as we study his word, as we hear his word, he he brings into our consciousness things that he wants us to learn and wants us to know. And as I said earlier, when we learn these things, we become responsible for them. And and today and and the, the remaining four weeks of this year, freaking myself out again, we're going to learn different ways that God wants, can I say, to serve us? Yeah, I'm going to say that. He wants to fill these roles in our lives. So through the Bible and mostly in the Old Testament, Scripture uses different names for God. They, they differ in roles that God played in the lives of his people. And I'm going to name a few of them, and, and they're going to be on the screen so you can see them. El Shaddai is Lord God Almighty. Adonai is Lord, it's Master. Yahweh is Lord and Jehovah. Jehovah Nisi is the Lord, my banner. Not a banner like a sign on a wall, but a banner like when you're going into army, when you're going into war. you're, You're under somebody's banner. In boot camp, we had a banner. It was our platoon number. One guy held it on a stick. And if he dropped it, he was in trouble, man. It was not a good day in his life. And he lost his job. But we all went under that one banner, that number. That mine was 2,054, hotel company. I'll never, ever in my life forget it. But that banner, we went under Jehovah Nisi's. We're flying under his banner. He's our leader in battle. Jehovah Ra, the Lord my Shepherd. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Who's been healed before? Yeah, the Lord who heals. El Olam, the everlasting God, and Elohim, God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will, will provide, and Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is what? He is peace. Understand these are roles, not other gods. It's all describing the one true God. Take note of this. Isaiah 45, 5 says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no what? There is no God. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. These roles are meant to give us everything that we will ever need. And this is where we're going with this series. These roles are meant to give us everything that we will ever need. What does Matthew 6.33 says? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? All these things will be added unto you. Jeremiah 29, 13 says you will seek me and you will find me. When you become a casual observer, you attend church sometimes, you put a fish on your car, you say I love Jesus, listen to some praise and worship music. They're all good steps. But when you seek me with your whole heart, with all of your heart, that's when you're going to find me. When we truly seek God, we will find him and he will reveal himself to us and our lives will be forever changed. If we've been pursuing Jesus for five years and we haven't experienced any life change, we're not really pursuing Jesus. We're just getting our, 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 our fix, our church fix. So we see these roles and these different names that, that, that God has called and the roles that he wants to fill in our lives. And, and maybe you're hearing this for the first time today. You should be getting excited. You should be getting excited. But understand this. He will only be able to fill the roles that we allow him to fill. He's not going to force himself on you and say, you will accept this healing. You will. You will accept my provision. You will accept my peace, or I'm going to kick you in the head. No, he's not like that at all. What did Jesus say? Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone opens the door, I'll come in and we'll have a relationship. That's what he's all about. And, and here's where I believe. This is is the crux of where I want to go today. Here's where I believe many people are, even people in this room and people that are watching today. It's my belief that believers mostly, not all the way, but mostly forfeit blessings. We forfeit blessings that could be realized, power that could be harnessed, power that could be harnessed, destiny that could be revealed. Destiny that could be realized because we sequester God only as a get-out-of-jail-free card or a ticket out of hell. Or maybe we just view God as a way to be saved. Maybe, maybe that's the way you view God. You've got Him in the salvation box. He's my Savior, and I'm going to live my life. He's my Savior, and I'm going to live my life. But when we look at God in the context of what we're going to look at them in this month. When we look at God in the role of I am, all-inclusive, all-powerful, all-knowing, everything that we have ever needed. I'll say that again. Everything that we have ever needed, every spiritual need, every mental need, every relational need, and every physical need. When we look at God like that, the picture begins to change. And he's not just a God that we have in the salvation box or the get-out-of-hell-free box. He becomes much more than that to us. See, see God, is, is, God is these things. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. And he's omnipresent. That means he has all power. He has total knowledge, past, present, and future. And that he's ever-present meaning that he's everywhere all at the same time. There's nowhere you can go to escape God. There's nothing you can think that you can hide from God. There's nothing you can say that he doesn't hear. There's nothing you. That's, that's all kind of scary and freaky, right? Because we don't always want even people to see and hear everything that we do and say. But there's no hurt that you feel that he doesn't feel. There's no anxiety that you struggle with that he doesn't feel with you. Because scripture says we have a high priest that is touched by the feelings of our what? Affirmities, infirmities, our sickness, our feelings, our anxiety, our pain, our fear. All these things that we experience, he's already felt them and he feels them with us. So on one hand, God is everywhere and he sees everything and he knows everything. But on the other hand, God is everywhere and he sees everything and he feels everything. This is God that loves you. This is God that is looking out for you. You notice I'm not saying this is the God. I I hear people sometimes saying, we serve a God. No. We serve God. What what the scripture, we just read this. I am God and beside me there there is no other God. There are things that can be exalted and worshiped. But there is no other God, there is no other being that can't, no. There there is no other God. So you won't catch me saying, I serve a God that can heal. No, I serve God that heals. Because it's just him. Is that all right? Sometimes we we slip into vocabulary that even detracts away from who God really is in our life. We need to, to tighten this stuff up a little bit. So this is God that loves you. This is God looking out for you. This is God that provides for you. He promised to bless you. And most importantly, he made a way to save you. Hello, Christmas. Right? Was Jesus born on Christmas Day? No, but that's the moment we take to celebrate that. And yes, we celebrate Jesus' birth on Christmas Day. Jesus is the reason for? Thank you. God is on your side. He's fighting for you. And when we think of him in that context, when we think of him in, in all the different ways that he roles and that he wants to fill in our lives, he's, he's no longer some, someone or something that just keeps us out of hell. No longer someone that just promises us a better life, but he becomes our everything. He becomes our everything. See, sometimes it's, it's, it's easy for us, whoever gets, whoever gets tired of coming to church, be honest, just be transparent right now. Whoever gets tired of coming to church? My hand's up. It's okay. You ever get tired of, of the ritual of Sunday morning? Does it ever, does it ever get old or stale or, or just seem like the same thing over and over and over? Who, anybody? Like the... Yeah. Tawana's grandfather always said, It's like the devil licked the red off your candy. We, we can feel that way because we're human and we have feelings, but when we understand that God is our everything and we celebrate things like communion and we get to, per, we get to participate in something, remembering what Jesus did for us, his sacrifice and his, his suffering for us, when we put all of that in perspective and we think about that for a minute, suddenly the mundane isn't just so mundane anymore. We realize that, that God has a purpose for what we're doing and he's placed us here for a reason. He's put us he's so amazing that he put you in this spot in this room for this reason today. He's made you a part of this body for a very specific purpose. And when you find that your your world's going to change. Because he becomes our everything. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. It doesn't just say salvation. It's not just about being saved. That's the biggest thing. That's the most important thing because we get to spend eternity with Jesus. That's the most important thing that we could ever do. But all these things added to us isn't just salvation. It doesn't just say a momentary respite from our problems. It says everything. Everything involves and encompasses, every, it encompasses everything that God is and everything that God has and everything that he's promised to us. Are you getting the picture yet? Does it lift the spirit? Does it, does it get you excited at all? We just came through blessed. And if, if it's going to be, it's up to who? If it's going to be, it's up to me. I'm not saying it's, it's, I'm responsible for you. I'm saying you're responsible for you I'm responsible for me. If it's going to be, it's up to me. The blessings of God are constant. They're promised. The only variable in this equation, as always, is me. It's my hope my prayer that by the end of this series, that we're going to let God out of the salvation cage. Because that's where he is in a lot of our lives. He's in the salvation cage. We're going to let him into every single area of our lives. And because I believe then and only then are we going to walk in true, the true identity, experience true power and true favor and the true destiny that God has promised us when we let him into every area of our lives. He's not just your Savior. He's not just your get-out-of-jail-free card. He is your everything. And when we look to him as our everything, when we give him our everything, Then we're going to realize the role that he has desired to play in our life from day one. We've gone here, we've gone there, we've done this, we've done that. But through all of our doing, through all of our going, through all of our being, God has had a plan. And a very specific desire of what he wants to do in our lives, what he wants to do for us. But also what he wants to do through us. Because God's got purpose for your life. You're also going to realize the power and the blessing that he's reserved just for you. I believe God has provision with just your name on it. God has a relationship with just your name on it. He has blessing with just your name on it. He's got power, again, with just your name on it. And they're yours. All you have to do is go get them. If I told you today that I had a box up here with your name on it, with $10,000 in it, you'd walk across the back of those chairs. You'd run up here so fast to find your box to get your $10,000. Some of y'all might push other people down. (laughs) Some of you might elbow people out of the way. Some of you might be rude and say mean, nasty things. Right? Right? Because there's a box up there with $10,000 that's got my name on it, and I I don't want anybody else to get it. But see, what we have here is a promise to to all these things. It's provision, it's blessing, it's healing, it's peace, it's everything. But we keep God in the salvation box. That he's just this, and I go to church on Sunday morning, and that's a great step. Don't beat yourself up for that, but let's not, get, let, let's not get satisfied where we are. Let's push for more because he's got plans for your life. He's got a destiny for just you, and I believe we've only scratched the surface of those things. Yes, I'm talking about you. Every single person in this room and every single person that is watching or will watch this, None of us have, have, have reached the level that God wants us to reach. Philippians says this. It's Paul, brothers and sisters, I don't count myself to have taken hold of it. He's like, I'm not there yet. In plain English, I'm not there yet. Man, if he's not there yet, i got a long way to go. Right? But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind me. Forgetting what's behind me. Who wants to forget some stuff in your past? Who really wishes you could do a, you know, Taylor's laptop, it's, it's old, it's, I don't know, she got it in middle school, and she's a senior in high school, and our deal is, we get our kids new computers when they go to college, so they got one in middle school, they'll get one when they go to college, and that thing is old, and it's, it got slow, and she had, I don't know, what's that, the Minecraft game, dude, don't put Minecraft on your computer, don't do it, it wrecks it, ads and junk and stuff, so we put Minecraft on our computer. got slower, 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 slower. So I finally went to Micro Center. I bought a hard drive. I bought new memory. 60 bucks. Put it all in. Download Windows. Bip, 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 bip. It's going. It's better. But it's not there. It's still not great. Still not. But it's bogged down. It's slow. And we want to forget we want to move forward we want the the new thing i'm forgetting what's behind me i am straining toward what's ahead i like the mental picture that that paints right there i'm not waiting for what's coming i'm straining for what's ahead i press toward the goal to win the prize for which god has called me heavenward in christ jesus king james says i press toward the mark of the calling I go, I go, I press. I'm fighting. Don't get satisfied where you are. Press to the next level. Take your next step. Pastor Sullivan, in our morning prayer this morning, said it so well. We 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 get on these levels, and we have we have to make a next step. We have to make a next decision. We have to make a next commitment. Paul said, "I press forward because I'm not there yet." Let's stand together. I press toward the goal to win the prize. For which God has called me. I haven't won. I'm not stopping. I press on for more. Until we see Jesus, until we're finished, until we win the fight, the war, the battle, we're not finished. That's when we win. So let me ask you this question again Who is God to you? Who is He to you? Is he this distant figure that you've never really had access to? That you've never really known? That you don't really have a real relationship with? Is it somebody that you heard about? This mean overlord that will judge you and, and be mean to you and you never can do enough for? He will be judged one day. He's not right now. He will be. Who is God to you? And let me expand on that and say What areas of your life does he have access to? I pray that we're going to let God out of the salvation box. Prayer team, come help me. I pray that we're going to let God out of the salvation box. Please understand that I'm not trying to minimize salvation and what Jesus did for us. No way. It is the most miraculous thing that we will ever experience. But if we stop there, if that's the only area of our life that we ever give God access to, we're cheating ourselves. We're selling ourselves short. We're not ever going to really experience the true blessing, the true power, the true provision, and the true plan of God in our life. Will we make it to heaven? Yeah, you will. Because you've been saved. But there's so much more right now Jesus said I've come that you could have life and have it how more abundantly better When we seek him first all these things are added to us and when we seek him with all of our heart guess what we're going to find We're going to find him We've got a few weeks We're going to learn more about who God is the roles he wants to fill in our lives Where he wants to take us, what he wants to give us. We're going to dive deeper into this. But I pray, I think it's December 29th is the last Sunday of this month. Is that that accurate? December 29th. I pray when we finish up on that day, when we're in here worshiping together, that your mind and your vision will have been expanded. And that your view of God will be expanded. And that his role in your life will be expanded. And the areas of your life that you have been maybe unconsciously closed off to him before will be opened, And he'll be able to access everything that we are and everything that we're going to be. And we'll start walking in the true identity that he's got for us. And we'll see some crazy things happen together. Together. It's going to be fun. And it's going to be awesome. Let's commit to being here. Let's commit to having our hearts and our minds open to receive what God wants to give us. Amen. Who is God to you? Who is God to you? He's the I am. And that's everything. Expand your thinking this week. I challenge you. Ask yourself, who is God to me? What have I given him access to? Am I living out his purpose in my life? Am I affecting his kingdom like he wants me to? Ask yourself these questions as we go through this month. And I promise you, by the end of it, we're going to be in a better place than we are right now. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Have a great week. Be blessed. Be a blessing to somebody else. Love you all.